0: How many of you believe that God is able to answer prayers, even if it's not uttered from our lips, because we think it? Even before we think it, God a- answers, you know? How many have had that happen to you? Have you had that happen to you? So I, I want to believe together this morning, and c- can you stand with me? I just want to thank God that it's going to happen, <laughs> and so I want you to pray with me, That uh, even though we didn't specifically, we talked about the drought, but we didn't specifically pray for the drought. I want to thank God that He's going to end the drought. Can you believe with me this morning that God's going to do that? Okay. We thank you, Father. Just, can you say that after me? We thank you, Father, that you hear our thoughts. You hear our desires. Our desire is that that drought would end. And we thank you it's going to end, and it's going to end very soon, without side effects that are negative, pour out an abundance, and we thank you for that. You said that you will do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Lord bless this time, and we. Th- it's my prayer now. Let me just pray. <laughs> Lord bless this time as we look into Your Word, and uh, thank You for the time that we can spend together, in the Scriptures. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, "Amen." You may be seated. Pastor John is uh, sitting back there, and he's on sabbatical, uh, for the first time in the history of our church. A pastor is taking a sabbatical. <laughs> I've never done that, and but but it's necessary, and it's part of what the Scripture says, right? So, uh, great. We, we just want to encourage you. We're going to be doing two introduction uh, messages this week and next week, and Pastor Lance is uh, team teaching with me this morning. We want to encourage you. Uh, you can get on YouTube and search for The Chosen. We're going to be going through for the next two months uh, a whole series of The Chosen, which... Um, I believe is God inspired. Uh, it's, it's not scripture by scripture. It is the imagination, the cre- the creative mind of a uh, young man that has loved God all his life. Grew up in a home wh- where his father wrote two hundred Christian books, uh, was a producer of movies, and he grew up in that atmosphere. And he just said, "There's a there's something missing in how we portray Jesus," and so. He has put together this whole series, and he believes there's going to be eight seasons of it. There's two seasons. We're in the second season, but we're going to look at the first season of The Chosen. And if, how many of you have seen the, the Chosen series? Have you seen it? Okay, about 20% of you, maybe 30% of you. I want to just encourage you. We're, go, we're going to go through uh, episode by episode three weeks from now. And what we want to do is encourage you to uh, watch it, and then get involved in a small group, whether it's a men's small group, a youth small group, a women's small, or a couple small group, because small groups that you get into really help your life. How many of you have ever faced a challenge in your life, and you were by yourself, and it just seemed like it's an overwhelming thing? And when you would have somebody pray with you, it just makes a whole lot of difference on how... God comes through, and you see God at work. I mean, that's that's what small groups are for. And so, uh, three weeks from now, two weeks from now, we're going to launch all kinds of different small groups that we want to encourage you. If you're not part of a group, that you would be part of part of that group. So we're looking at just the introduction of the chosen this morning, and how. Uh, small. When you get involved in small groups, we've got Rudy and Judy. I'm going to be asking them to come up at the end. This is their last service with us this morning. They are headed. For those that you who don't know, they're headed for Texas uh, permanently, <laughs> and we're going to really, really miss them. But they were uh, leading two small groups on Sunday afternoon, and went through the chosen with the couples that they were leading, and it was life-changing for many of them, and I think Judy was saying that uh, she couldn't watch an episode without crying because that is the uh, aspect of the chosen that uh, you don't see in other kinds of um, presentations of Jesus. Most of the things that you've seen about Jesus is all scriptures, and Jesus is the center of everything. Uh, In the chosen, the disciples and all their interaction with each other and with Jesus is what is focused on and you feel the human emotions, and we'll take a little clip uh, this morning uh, at the tail end <coughs> um, of the focus of the first episode, so that that hopefully will uh, inspire you to want to get involved. So, I, I just want to make a comment regarding how small groups and how this chosen is going to help us know Jesus more. Everybody say, know Jesus more. Know Jesus more. Uh, we will learn about the creativity of Jesus Christ uh, through our different temperaments. Uh, The person that, one of the first persons you're going to get introduced to in The Chosen is uh, a guy by the name of Matthew. He looks like he's behind bars. (laughs) And that's how he lives his life, because he is pretty isolated from everybody else, because he is a traitor to the the Jewish community. And... um, he has to protect himself because people want to beat him up. He, he is the tax collector for the Roman government. And I don't, you know, if if uh, a Jewish person was engaged in that kind of profession, nobody likes him because he is a puppet for the the Roman government that took over uh, Jerusalem and took over Israel. He, he is portrayed, and this is, you will, when you see the, the, the movie, you will be really impressed. He is just an ideal person for... I never, I never imagined that Matthew would be a person like this, but he is a, a person that has a lot of idiosyncrasies. You know, he's just a very uh, complicated and autistic kind of a person. He's just got weird movements and uh, emotions in his life. Uh, but God makes us, every single one of us, different. And when you get into small groups, you're going to find out that every person that's involved in the small group has a different take on life. And you will learn about them and learn about God who created them. And I uh, I was just thinking about the four different temperaments because we went through that with our seniors group a a while ago. Uh, How many of you, when you look at yourself, you see an extroverted personality? You're an extrovert. How many of you see yourself as an extrovert? No, not too many people, <laughs> or you just don't want to talk about yourself. How many look at yourself as an introvert? You know there are some people that think they're introverts and they're really extroverts? How many of you know people like that, or people that are extroverts and think that they're introverts? There's one of my friends that thinks he's uh, an introvert, and he's far, far, far from an introvert. So it's good to know about yourself, and I think that when you start identifying people as extroverts, introverts, and then there's these four temperaments, the sanguine personality, the choleric personality, the uh, phlegmatic, and the melancholic personality, we don't have time to go through all of it. Uh, And some people will look at this and think, oh, this is just some uh, study on psychology that's modern. But uh, just for your knowledge. The four temperaments has been a study before even Jesus came on earth. How many of you re- remember Hippocrates in history? You know, he was the one that uh, the medical community considers the Hippocratic Oath came from. You know, that the the medical community's main mission is to preserve life and save people and not cause any harm. He was the one, Hippocrates was the one that came up with the idea that there's different types of Four different types of temperament in human beings. And so it's a study of 2,000 years uh, of history. Uh, In The Chosen, I was looking at all these characters in The Chosen, and I thought, that just reflects what life is like. Because uh, these are some of the characters in The Chosen. (coughs) On the left-hand side is Peter and Andrew. Peter is a sanguine. He just speaks before he even Talk out uh, thinks in his and so he always falls over himself and there's how many of you know people like that? You know, they just love talking and they can't stop talking. How many how many are people like that? <laughs> how many of you are like that? Andrew Andrew is a phlegmatic. He just loves being in the background. He doesn't like the limelight. He doesn't like showing off and talking and yet he's very active involved in the ministry with Jesus. How many of you feel like you're more a background person and you don't like to see yourself you you won't raise your hand. <laughs> uh, Matthew Matthew is, I, I believe Matthew is a melancholic personality. He's got all kinds of talents and his, mo, his mom and dad thought he would be uh, a, a great educator, maybe a rabbi, and he became a traitor to, the, uh, to his own people. But uh, a melancholic person is very, very talented, artistic. Uh, they think very deeply and feel things very deeply. How many of you feel like you're melancholic? You don't want to talk about yourself. <coughs> And and then I was thinking about the last temperament, and the the last temperament is a choleric temperament. I thought, which of the disciples were choleric? You know who they were? It it was uh, John and James, because Jesus called them the sons of thunder. (laughs) They're the ones that called fire down from heaven to kill people that didn't Accept Jesus into their lives. <laughs> Ever do you know people like that? You know, if peop, they their views aren't agreed with, uh, they'd rather just wipe people off the face of the earth, right? Uh, they have such powerful personalities that they'll just mow over individuals. The worst thing to happen for a person who's introverted is to get married to a person who's extroverted, especially if they're a phlegmatic and a choleric combination. That's who I married. (laughs) And, And it's like mixing fire with water. Can you mix fire with water? You know, water will douse fire, right? But if it's really intense enough, you know what it creates? and (laughs) exploit it'll create a volcano that's what it'll create (laughs) if it wasn't for the Lord Susan and I wouldn't have lasted this long so it's the revelation of Jesus to us in our lives that helped us understand our personalities that gave us an ability to accept each other a whole lot more I could accept her she could understand me you know I'm very very patient as a person she's very impatient she wants things done yesterday And uh, we just clash. And over 50 years, I've become a little more like her, and she's become a little more like me. And I think that's what happens in small groups. You know, you just kind of rub off on each other. Pastor Lance is coming up, and he's going to be uh, speaking about that next aspect of how community develops uh, an understanding of Jesus in our lives.
1: Thank you, Pastor. I can uh, identify with Pastor and Susan because... Tidin and I are totally, totally different. I mean, from one spectrum to the other, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> one thing we agree on is that we love food. We love to eat. That's the only thing, I think, <laughs> among us. <laughs> but Anyway, um, my part is that it's about community and about our diversity of talents. Now, every one of us have a talent that God has given to us. Um, You may not think that it's a loud talent, you know, standing up, sharing or whatever, playing something. But everyone has something in them that God has deposited. And he wants to use that in you through community. And so as we look through this, that we learn more of Jesus' diversity to our distinct talents. So the question is, do you know that God's glory is through diversity? And when diversity comes together in community, Jesus is revealed. And you are part of it. Now, the Bible says that in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 4 and 6, it says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empires them all in everyone. So, here we are, when we look at uh, diversity, when we look at God's creation, we see the sun, the moon, the planets, the stars, all different. And we're in what we call the Milky Way. How must know that we're in the Milky Way galaxy? Our solar system is in it. And do you know how many galaxies there are besides the Milky Way in the universe? I looked it up and they said there's about 200 billion galaxies imagine and every one of them has planets and i don't know what they have in there but with all the diversity in in uh, in our solar system it says that in psalms 19:1 that heavens declare the glory of god so all of these different pieces of diversity of lights different lights sizes shapes everything displays the glory of god and it's just like us we have something in us that will display the glory of God when we come together. And that's why we're uh, encouraging people to get into small groups. Because one thing that, um, and I, I had to go through this, that our tendency is to compare with others around us. How many of us do that? We compare with people. Only me. <laughs> I know that um, a lot has to do with that we don't think we can give enough. Or our talent that in us is valuable. But it is valuable to God. And to others. That's why the Bible says it is not wise. But God loves diversity. And he works through diversity. And we can see that and we appreciate it through people as we get into groups. Now, you will experience the love of God and the glory of God when you get to in community with people. You know, uh, the disciples, as Pastor was sharing, there were a lot of people, uh, there were the 12 disciples and there were other people that followed him, like Mary, who had a troubled past. And we know Matthew was a tax collector that aligned with the Roman government, as Pastor shared, and that he was hated. On the other side, in the disciple, there was Simon, the Zealot, who aligned, who hated the Roman government. So you have these two guys in the same group following Jesus. If it wasn't for Jesus, they would kill each other. (laughs) Because Simon wanted to overthrow the government. Also, there was uh, a lady named Joanna, the wife of the, whose husband was the manager of Herod. Imagine that. Wow. You don't hear a lot of, um, of all the disciples in the Bible. We know the famous ones, right? Peter. James and John, we always hear about them. But have you heard of Thaddeus? I think that's how you pronounce his name. Is that Thaddeus? You ever heard of that, him? Not really. <laughs> but he was part of the disciples that changed the world. And we look at, and there's the other guy named James. There were two James in disciples. One they called Lesser James. No. <laughs> You know, walking around with the group and you're, you're being called smaller James. <laughs> or the other James. How would that feel? But yet, he was part of it and he was valuable to the Lord and to the group. One thing about um, Thaddeus, as you don't know, he was uh, like a missionary to Turkey, Syria, and all that. And he was not even men- sort of, he was mentioned but not really like James and um, Peter and John. They were all from different walks of life. They had different talents, different personalities all in them. You know, when I look back and I I think about uh, my life, that it's through people that we come to know Jesus in a greater measure. And if it wasn't for people in community around my life, I would have never gotten this far. And that's a fact. Because there were people that encouraged me and showed me who Jesus was. And in our group, uh, in the groups that I'm in with Lilia and Lynn and then the other group with the guys like Ryan them, they all have Jesus in them. And when they share, I can sense Jesus in their life. And that encourages me. I know one thing, the way you get to know Jesus is through people too. And I remember I got to know Mike who... uh, Leilani's husband, one day in a gathering we got together at Andrea's house. And just spending time with him, I could see the love of God through his life and what he went through. I was so touched uh, to see God, how God has changed his life and made him what he is today. And as I got to know him through all of that, then, um it was just that connection in that moment of being in a group of people. And then later on, um, as the church uh, we transitioned you know, into the uh, COVID, the pandemic, and all, and then there were some changes in the church, and they wanted somebody to oversee the uh, facilities and all. And uh, Andrea was had so much on her plate, and she was doing it. And then Pastor John told me if I could do it, and I was like, I guess I can. <laughs> and they and they come to find out, we asked uh, the and asked Mike to help. And lo and behold, because of Mike's background, the gift and his background and the talent he has, I mean, he took took it and he ran with it. And I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> he did everything. He did everything. I mean, I didn't have to worry about nothing. He was doing everything. And I seen, wow, I was thinking, wow, what a talented person he is in all these areas and I got to know him. And through that, I mean, we had a you know, I had a relationship with him and come to final, how talented he was. And Pastor John has seen that and they hired him to help. That was so amazing. And so groups are important because they'll help you and you'll see the love of God. The last thing is diversity is in division and unity is in conform, conformity. Now, the God is, consists of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as you know. And it's a reflection of us. There's a of gifts, ministries, and effects to all of groups in our lives. You know, one thing, um, we have a staff meeting on Tuesdays morning, and you know, our staff is consists of like the 12 disciples. <laughs> Sharina, Andrea, who runs it, Leigh, Jake, Jerry, John, Pastor Eddie, Pastor John, Pastor Zach, Shalice, Chris, and Lexi. And then who would you think is John and James in our group? Pastor John and Jerry. <laughs> They're the ones that would speak out and share. And It's so cool because you see Jesus in them, in, in all our group, in, in every one of them. And you see all the different personalities, the different backgrounds and all that. And you know what? It's such a blessing to see that. And even with the Wailuku staff uh, group with um, David and Pastor Zach. And I call Pastor Zach uh, like the Gumby of our group because he's, he's being stretched all over <laughs> in the ministries. And I, I kind of feel for him. But we have Mickey Ann and Tineen, and Mitchell and Sandy, Julie, Kathy, and Marissa as part of. And I see all the different personality diversities in the groups. And it's so touching and blessing. But in in those groups, I find Jesus. And I see their gifts. And when they come together, God is glorified. And the example of it was um, last night in the prayer time that we had, when all of the the staff, and Pastor John and Pastor Eddie, they kind of spearheaded it, the prayer time. And when it came together with all the talents and gifts of everyone in the staff, the glory of God fell on that place. And so how important it is for us to get into groups and give or whatever you think. You may think I have nothing. Maybe you're a good listener. That's all you need to be. <laughs> it's to be a listener. Maybe that's the gift God has given you. I have no idea. But you are important to God in his kingdom. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Pastor Lance. <clears throat> Why don't we give him my hand? Say hey, thank you to, to him. <clears throat> uh, there's things that uh, will emerge in your life of Jesus's character and Jesus's life because you're in, in relationship with somebody. Uh, a lot of things doesn't ever show up. You know, God doesn't have to come into your life to reveal himself if you're not in a relationship. So I, we just want to Encourage you. I got a men's group. I've got our seniors group. I, I look back at my life and think that uh, I've learned so many things in the context of small groups and every single one of us uh, That will happen And one of the thing and I want to end with this uh, To have somebody walk with you through a difficulty in your life uh, means that Sharing burdens make burdens lighter. Have you heard that before sharing burdens make burden lighter and that's what happens when you're a small group we're gonna we're gonna two weeks from now start small groups open it up so that you can become part of a women's group a men's group a marriage group you know whatever for a period of eight weeks try it see what it's like you know if you don't like it you don't have to keep going with it you know or you can try you can try different ones of the groups and see which one you fit in uh, the best and whatever difficulties and challenges you face in your life, it is tremendous that somebody else will know about it and pray for you in regards to it. You know, there's sometimes you just feel isolated and alone. How come nobody, you know, cares about me? You know, I think you need to do your part. You know, get involved with people's lives and they'll get involved with your life. Uh, The last thing we want to talk about in regards to community and small groups is that and how it reveals Jesus is that uh, we learn about the love and wisdom of Jesus through the difficult trials that we face. And when we share those trials, we find God answering prayer. It's an amazing, amazing thing. So part of uh, what the Chosen movie is about and the first episode is uh, an episode centering on Mary's life and how her troubled life, her her. Her life, and it seems like she was a gambler, uh, a drinker, uh, caroused with men, and God came to meet with her. She had uh, all kinds of emotional experiences in her life that's not defined in Scripture. We just know it's not described this way in Scripture. But, you know, there can be all kinds of creative ways that you can imagine how she lived her life. And when Jesus came into her life everything changed and i w- i want you to just take a look at this uh one it's a 2 minute clip of and, and this is this is the the climax of uh, episode 1 you know it, it's really really slow when you get into it and then it ends this way so uh, i'm really sorry that i'm taking the 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 climax of this episode showing it to you but i just want to whet your appetite so that uh, you want to see it so I don't know what else I can do to help you.
2: Give me that.
3: Lots of it. That's not going to solve your problems. It's meant to distract from no them. No
2: more preaching. Just give it to me.
3: Lilith, please listen to what I'm saying.
0: Her name is Lilitha, I think. Lilith, Lilith. She doesn't want to go by her real real name.
1: leave That's not for you. Don't touch me. Oh. Lily.
3: Lily, Lily, are you okay?
1: I... I have to go. Listen me alone. Listen me alone.
3: Magdala.
2: Who are you? How do you know my name?
1: Thus says the Lord who created you. And he who formed you.
3: Fear not.
2: for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You.
0: It's really hard to fully understand and grasp everything that took place in that uh, two minutes, but there's all kinds of uh, lead-ups up to this point. The scripture that Jesus uh, spoke to her was a scripture that her father would give to her whenever she would be going through all kinds of trauma. And then she changed her name uh, so that nobody else knew her. And when Jesus spoke her name, it was just this amazing. She just realized this is not a normal human being. And then the verse that was spoken to her just hit home because it was from her past, you know, and and changed her life. We all face different situations, just like Mary in our our lives. Different habits, different emotional scars that every single one of us uh, go through. And it's only when we see the intervention of God in our lives, we realize who Jesus really is. She doesn't come to know Jesus yet, uh, even though there is a tremendous uh, change that took place. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are the called according to his purpose. And uh, I just want to have Rudy and Judy come up and share a little bit. They were the ones that started um, encouraging people to watch The Chosen, so I thought maybe they can share a little bit of that. And then we're going to pray for them because this is their last service with us. I can remember because of uh, having them in our senior group, being involved in leadership with them, rubbing shoulders with them, that uh, we got to know them really, really well. And whenever they go through difficulties and uh, different crisis situations in their lives, we're there to pray with them. And you need people like that uh, in your life, and you're needed in their lives, so that you can bear uh, the burdens and the challenges that uh, everybody goes through. So I'd just like to have Rudy and Judy come on up, and maybe you can just share a little bit about how... Uh, the Chosen has helped your small group and what that meant for you folks. So <clears throat> we, uh, we say this is our farewell, actually our farewell service for first service with them. And it's really a, uh, they're going to a destiny in their lives in Texas that is the next chapter for them. So we're just believing the Lord for their lives. Okay, yeah. So can you share a little bit about the Chosen and small group?
4: So, um, we had heard about The Chosen, I think, through Jake and Danny, and so one Saturday, uh, Rudy and I just, like, binge, we watched all eight episodes in one day. (laughs) Yes, we did. And it was just, as Pastor Eddie said, every episode, I was just sobbing. Um, that last scene again with Mary, that, that just got me going again, but, um, when we saw all those episodes and and Rudy and I talked we thought you know what this just really humanizes um Jesus's life and I think everyone can relate to it I mean just watching the disciples and all the pilikia that's going on between them that had to be real I mean, here, Matthew was a tax collector. Do you think he got along well with the rest of them? I don't think so. So they touch a little bit on that, and it was just, we could all relate to it. And so when we got our small group going, uh, going um, everyone could comment on, on you know the issues. And it is scripture-based. There are certain uh, episodes that are more scripture-based that than others, but it actually got our group wanting to open up their Bible and see for themselves. Um, Raina and Jonah, they are part of our group. If you could just mention one thing each that you really liked about it, that would be awesome. <laughs> Nothing like putting them on the spot. <laughs> Nothing like putting them on the spot, but just one thing.
1: Um, I like how every time you watch an episode, you always have to reference back to the Bible, just the scriptures that they're referencing, just because it kind of helps you remind you what you actually grew up learning when you read the Bible. And I like how the interaction between the disciples, because like Judy said, it's it's a human interaction between every one of them. And a lot of times when you read the Bible, you think of them like spiritual and above, like almost godly when you read about them but then when you watch the episodes it's like oh, well, they're very human in their interactions with themselves and with jesus that's what i like about the chosen okay, <laughs> <laughs>
4: okay. thank you <laughs> i just thought if you heard it from them who have been in our group that would be great Because um, I think everybody got something out of it. And I just encourage you to um, get involved in a small group. And it really uh, opens the door to start sharing things about it. And it just really humanizes um, Jesus' life and what the disciples and everything that they were going through. It just makes it so relatable. And so many issues that come to light that you can discuss with your group. And I'll pass it over to Rudy. Rudy.
3: Okay, that gives you somewhat of an idea of why different members of our church actually started asking Judy, Do you have a financial interest in the chosen here? Why are you promoting the chosen so much? Oh, wait,
4: wait, wait, wait. So I bought, a, I bought a bunch of T-shirts, right, that said The Chosen and stuff. And the other day, we were dropping off stuff at the homeless shelter. And I was wearing a T-shirt that said, I was one way, and now I'm another, and it's all because of him. This lady stopped me, and she said, your T-shirt, where did you get that? What, what does it mean? And I told her about The Chosen, so she was going to start watching it.
3: So, uh, one of their number one promoters, Judy Romero from Wailuku, Maui. <laughs> uh, so, we encourage you to get involved in small groups, and that's one of the reasons uh, I think Pastor John and Pastor Eddie asked me to, uh, to talk today, is because... When Judy and I first started coming to Grace Bible, we knew from the very first day we walked in through the doors that uh, we were home. And uh, so I was, I was good. You know. Prior to that, we would get our ministry from channel surfing and watching various different ministers uh, on TV. And prior to that, we were both born and raised uh, Catholics. And so through that Catholic upbringing, uh, we had our own preconceived ideas of what it was to know Jesus, know God, and be a part of a a church. But it wasn't until we came to Grace Bible that we truly uh, became a part of the church. So (laughs) uh, I always thought coming to Grace Bible diligently every Sunday, I'm good to go. God and I, we're like this, we're, we're good. And then the more our faces showed up around here, uh, next thing I know, uh, Ryan and Sharina, who happened to actually be neighbors of ours, uh, they started inviting us to join small group. And I was reluctant. No, 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 I'm good, I'm good, I'm going to church. I know God. Uh, my, my walk is, uh, is well. No, I, I don't need a small group. And, uh, but they were persistent. And they were and persistent. I
4: was praying. <laughs> and I was praying.
3: <laughs> so anyway, long story short, uh, we relented and joined a small group, a uh, couples group. Used to meet back here in the overflow room and uh, started interacting with other couples. And Actually, much to my surprise, actually enjoyed listening to other couples and their experience and how they came to know the Lord, and many of them had Catholic backgrounds as well. And so I thought, oh, okay, this is, this is not so bad. This isn't so painful. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so we kept coming to small group, and next thing we know, our small group was growing, growing, growing. And Ryan and Sharina, they always had a plan in the back of their head to uh, build disciples, and so they were looking for other couples to take over a, a couple group of their own. And at one point, they asked us if we would be interested in doing that. And I thought, no way! I'm I'm just learning. What do I? What Pastor Lance was talking about? I didn't feel like I was worthy enough to lead any kind of group about the Bible. I'm here to learn and absorb and get that information from Pastor Eddie initially, was leading the church at that time, and then Pastor John, and, and we, we had an opportunity. COVID was a great thing in many ways because we got an opportunity to uh, meet and, uh, and, and com- communicate, and fellowship with people from Wailuku, our our extension. And we would have never had that opportunity had it not been for for, uh, COVID. So there were some good things that came out of that. So I encourage you, don't be like me. Don't be resistant. Join a small group. You will be amazed at the benefits that come in being a part of a small group you've heard it from our pastors this morning. Each and every one of us have talents that the good Lord has blessed us with and those talents will come out. Uh, one of the first things that we were ever asked to do as a small group was go to the homeless shelter and, and do a feeding, uh, share our group and actually serve food at the homeless shelter. I was like not into that at all. I spent my entire career uh, as a law enforcement officer, and up to that point, my contact with homeless people were never was never on a positive side. It was uh, it was life changing. Excuse me to actually share with these people and uh, share our humanity with one another. So that was, that was huge. And individuals like Derek Ball, he, without asking more than once uh, for our group, we wanted to have entertainment, and Derek and his, and his guys came up. And they played music all throughout uh, that event in feeding these, these people. And we got a chance to sit down and eat with them and talk to them. And it gave me a whole new perspective on their plight. So I encourage you, get involved. It will, you'll get more out of it than what you give. So that's it.
0: Thank you to Rudy and Judy. We want to pray with them. Um, Pastor Lance, can you come up? And I'm sorry, but uh, Pastor John, we're going to pull you out of uh, sabbatical for just a few minutes and ask you to come and pray for them. Can you folks, all stretch out your hand. We're going to. I, be, I believe God has uh, a purpose and plan in them moving. Whenever there's a scattering of people, it's for blessings. So because it's, they're going to be a blessing where where they're gonna land, so.
3: I blame my emotional state on the leadership of my pastor.
2: (laughs) God, we just thank you, Lord, for what you've deposited in Rudy and Judy and what they've deposited into our church. God, we thank you, Lord, for the, the blessing that they've been here and the new assignment that you have for them. God, we just uh, bless their, uh, and send them from Grace Bible to Texas. God, we just pray that uh, the new plan that you have, and I know, Lord, that they sought you and sought your guidance and your direction, and Lord, you're the one that's taking them to a new, new location. You're the one that's taking them to this new season of life. And God, we thank you, Lord, for the fruit that will continue to grow here, and we're also grateful, Lord, for what will be deposited uh, through their lives in Texas. God, we pray for divine appointments. We pray for your presence to surround them and to draw the right people into their lives as well as for them to be drawn into uh, the right community there. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you said that if we abide in you, that we will bear much fruit. And Lord, as they continue to abide in you, Lord, that you, you will make them uh, even more fruitful than they've ever been. And we thank you so much for their lives in Jesus' name.
0: Any thoughts, uh, Pastor Lance? So as we're praying, I I, um, had the scriptures come to me, and I'll I'll send the scriptures to you, but um, that the end of a thing is better than the beginning. And then my thoughts were in regards to lots of people who leave our church, you know, they, they go somewhere else looking for a church like ours, and they can't find it, and i I know somebody that has never got plugged in into a church because they're looking for something like ours and they don't find it. And the scripture that came to me was that you don't take new God, God is taking you to a place where there's going to be fresh outpourings of the spirit into your life. And he's going to give you uh, a new destiny that's going to widen your future. And the scripture says that New wine is not put into old wineskins, but it's put into new wineskins. And God wants you to find that new wineskin for this whole new dimension in your life. And he has some amazing things prepared for your lives. So, why don't we thank the Lord for Rudy and Judy and their lives.
3: Thank you, guys. Thank Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you.
0: Okay, can you stand? And I, I want you to do this this morning. We're going to, I'm not going to pray. I'm going to bless you. Pastor John does this on a regular basis. And, and I want you to, the, the Jewish people have been so blessed because in their synagogues, this is what is pronounced at the end of the, uh, their services on every single person for thousands of years. So there's a history of this, that the ironic blessing is not just something we say. It's something you receive. And I I want you to open your heart and say, Lord, let my life be blessed this morning. Can you just raise your hands up to the Lord and receive this blessing? The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Have a great day and a great.